you're listening to Leading and Living with Impact and Influence, where we walk with leaders to live a life of exceptional impact, influence, and faith. All right, dude. Hey, I have no agenda on this podcast, and uh, I'm just excited to just riff. Usually, you and I just sit down in the uh, the office, yeah. no headphones. No. And uh, really no agenda. Or maybe I do have some conversation. You know, I have, I have some questions for you typically, and I just want to get you on the podcast, get it recorded for once. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me, and, and we've talked about this for a while, and you know, I think over the last like year or so, we've had some conversations that probably could have been a podcast. Sure, yeah. Um, but uh, I'm glad that we've actually been able to make it happen. So, yeah. Well, you guys, uh, if you haven't met my man Bobby Jones, uh, just a great individual. Um, him and I look very much alike. You we know, do. You are about <laughs> yeah. six. He's about six six. Uh, he's a little bit over two hundred, and he's a he's a he's a He's he's a beast. Yeah, over three hundred actually. But the, the, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, to, dude. We don't need to stop. You said you know, that, not me, man. Specifics. I did. I did. <laughs> I appreciate it, but man. It's you good. are you are a presence, not only physically, but you're a presence. Uh, at just who you are in the uh, thank you, and the life that you bring into the room, dude. So mm-hmm. I just I love having you here in our building. I love the friendship that you and I have established over uh, the last while. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited about today because I think people are gonna. Man, they're going to hear some really good nuggets from you, um, and uh, I think let's just get into it. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. So real quick, then, why don't you tell everybody just real quick, uh, just your background so they at least have a foundation of who you are and why you're so passionate about what you're doing right now. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan of destiny, man. I'm a big fan of destiny. And so, you know, and I always say when I go speak, for those of you who don't know, I, I'm a speaker. I've been a National School Assembly speaker for the last eight years. And, and in the last about a year and a half, I started moving into the public school consulting role, kind of saw some things in public education that I felt like wasn't going to be sustainable long term. Yeah. And I started speaking out against it. But when I go speak, a lot of the things I always say is, you know, in order to tell you how I got here, I believe in backstories. Yeah. And so I always have to go back to the beginning. But um, man, a lot of it so I was actually a college athlete. I was right. an athlete like you, you yeah. know. Um, we thought that was a path yeah. at one point in time. You yeah. know, I, I grew up, um, a lot of people don't know that I actually grew up the middle child until like they hear my story. And I had an older brother that was really a really good athlete. Mm. And I was compared to him a lot growing up. And mm. so I kind of made a decision probably my junior in high school that I was going to become one of the best players ever to come out of the state of South Dakota because I was tired of being compared to my brother. I was tired of hearing, oh man, he's really so great at this. He's, he's an awesome person. Why can't you be more like him? And yeah. I kind of had a chip on my shoulder, man. And so I started, I started going in that trajectory and I ended up having to go to junior college. And out of junior college, I made some um, really good decisions on, on, on and off the field. Yeah. I decided to really buckle down with my education Graduated, but I had two breakout years in uh, North Dakota, a place called Wapton, North Dakota, North Dakota State College of Science, and ended up getting a bunch of D1 scholarships wow. to play football as defensive. And I actually came out of there as the top five JUCO DN in the country, number 26 play overall. Um, Michigan State is where I signed, man. I said, I'm going to East Lansing. I'm going to be a Spartan. I'm yeah. going to play two years. And the hype was real. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of people don't realize like when we're in a situation, where we're heading somewhere, if we don't have the character to back up the talent, yeah. it's not going to last. Yeah. And the hype was real. And I was living off the hype, star of the recruiting class, four star to five star, the biggest recruiting website in the world. And it was a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I didn't really know a lot about inner self. Yeah. 
I didn't know how to process emotions. I didn't know how to even deal with like losing and failure and, and even just being the guy for years and not being the guy anymore, you know, and alcohol took hold of me pretty early. Um, and I got in a lot of trouble with it. Long story short, Mark D'Antonio, shout out coach D. He actually ended up kicking me off the team after giving me a chance. Wow. He gave me a chance. He was more than fair. And I made a mistake one night and I, I got kicked off the team that started a trajectory for me of just a downhill slope of a lot of um, just chaos, destruction, and alcohol got worse. I ended up homeless. Family didn't want a lot to do with me. Mm-hmm. And um, I was at the end of myself. And I was 26 years old. Um, and 370 pounds, peeing blood. Wow. I was, it was bad. And I'm going to treatment. Long story short, man, Jesus came into my life mm-hmm. in 2012, and I gave my life to him. And, uh, you know, I started kind of on a trajectory back up, but it still wasn't quite there. It took me a few years to get it. But after a few years, when I finally had to go through it a little bit more and when I finally surrendered to him, he started showing me my purpose. He started showing me, I'm going to use your story. Nothing was, will be wasted, and I'm going to use it to impact the youth of this, this, our world. And so, um, fast forward, here I am, man, eight years later. <laughs> I don't know. You can ask more questions with that, but that's kind of my backstory, man. Alcohol was a big part of that. I'm eight years sober now. Uh, it's been, it's been a phenomenal upswing and, uh, couldn't be more blessed to, to be here. Well, I think it's just such an awesome story in the sense that it's just, it's so impactful. Mm. Right. And one of the things that I, I keep hearing you say in your story was this underlining theme of it was personal responsibility yeah. that you were able to remove yourself from that situation yeah. and actually do it. And of course, obviously that relationship with the Lord was important. Mm-hmm. That was the, the, you know, that's the foundational piece of it. But I never heard you say in that entire time about you blaming others or you blaming your circumstances or any of that stuff. So I really admire that because I think one of the things that you and I spoke about last time where we really should have just re- hit a record on that one, right. it's just this lack of personal responsibilities. Yep. We want to like we want to blame our environment. We want to blame other people. We want to blame yeah. the past and the history. Even if we weren't even a part of it, yeah. we want to pa- blame past generations, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And none, none of your story was about you advocating that responsibility. You realized that you were the only one in control of your destiny going forward. So that's where I'm at now looking yeah, back. I, that's what's awesome. I wasn't there. Right. Before. Yeah. I, I, that was my life. Yeah. was blaming yeah. everybody yeah. for so many years of, well, if my ex-girlfriend would have went into my coach, like I wouldn't have got kicked out the team at Michigan yeah. State. Well, Bobby, if you hadn't got drunk and went and kicked her door in, she wouldn't have had to go in the coach. You know, yeah. and so there was, there was for many years, but let me go down that path real quick with the blaming I got to a place where I couldn't blame anymore. Yeah. There was nothing left to blame. Mm. And the person at the end in the mirror was me. Yeah. And I had to look myself in the mirror and say, Bobby, maybe you're not as awesome as you think you are. Maybe you have some things that need to be checked. And and maybe it's time you start taking responsibility for your life and stop trying to prove something to everybody because you haven't even proved it to yourself yet. And when I did that, that's when things changed because I knew that if I wanted to go somewhere 
that I've never been. I had to do some things that I've never done. Yeah. And one of the things that I had never done was taking responsibility for the choices that I made in the places that I landed. Well, I think it's brilliant because it is about that 100% responsibility. You know, you and I have similar stories in the sense that we felt like we were driven and, you know, maybe even destined for other types of greatness yeah. in our life, yeah. right? And you had, I mean, you had worked your ass off to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was not just because of just raw natural ability. Sure. You most certainly had that. Yep. But you did what it took to become so good at your gift yeah. at that time, which I, was yeah. football. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I did. Um, it was uh, it was weird how how naturally it came to me. Yeah, you know, I I, I would coaches would tell me all the time, you know, and here's the thing: it's looking back hindsight, right? You're like, gosh, if you would have just took what that one person said and like applied it, dude, dude your life would be different. Like, yeah. and and so looking back on it, obviously, is one of those situations where you're like, man, you know. I wish that I would have done a few different things. But on the flip side of that, me doing that and crashing out in spectacular fashion, I say, yeah. led me here. Sure. So I can't really be upset. But, you know, it's funny when um, we do feel we're going one way, yeah. right? And we got the sports, you had baseball, and I had football, and I'm like, man, I'm going to the NFL and, and yada, yada, yada. But how that all can be changed in the long run and how we can actually take the attributes we learned through that to really get to the other side. But yeah, the work, and I had to work because I was from South Dakota and they didn't think people from South Dakota could play football. Right. And so I had Dude, to actually Wyoming, prove myself. Let's go. They think yeah. that we still ride in wagons. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get it. Well, I mean, going along what you just said right there, I think the thing that we have to, that I think would bring real clarity to this is the fact that people often confuse their passion with their purpose. Yes. You had a passion for football. I had a passion for baseball. Yeah. But it was not our purpose it, we allowed it to define us yes. in a moment in our life, yep. right? A chapter. And we confuse it with our purpose. This is why I was made. This is why right. God created me. Oh my gosh, I'm just living that and, and I'm going to excel in it. And when it's stripped from you, you confuse it with the fact that, well, now you're a failure. Yep. Now you've lost your one thing in your life that you were good with. Yep. You no longer serve a purpose yep. because it's gone. Absolutely. Right. And that's the, so that's, that's what allows us to get down that rabbit hole and get into devastation. We get into blame. We get into not taking responsibility. Yep. We, you know, we have to, we have to look at other people and say, well, because of what you did, I'm here. Right. 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 And, and that's where we're at. I mean, on the bigger scale of things, I know we're talking in a, like a microcosm in the sense of like football and baseball, but really in in the bigger scale of it, that's what's going on in our society right now. Yeah. You know, the yeah. lack of somebody else's success is because of what somebody else did to you. Right. And not what you have done or what you have not done in your life right now. Yeah. And I think that's the unfortunate thing. That's the thing that continues to hold everybody back because in that failure, you found your greatest purpose. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And and people are afraid to admit that, okay, I I failed at that, or that that door's shutting and that door's shutting and that yeah. door's shutting. And gosh dang, the whole world's coming around me. Well, there's going to be something great happen for you. Yeah. If you continue to pursue. Yeah. Well, you you know, along with that, and one of the things that it just comes down to to this too in one of the world we live in, everyone wants to avoid pain in every way. I, yeah. I don't want emotional pain. I don't yeah. want physical pain. I actually just said in my podcast the other night, like, dude, death is inevitable. Like, it's going to happen one day, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, 
hopefully you live a longer life. Yeah. That's not the case for everybody. Right. But my point is you can't ever escape pain. Like it's gonna, I even tell my kids in my schools, like when I teach them to forgive someone, I said, I can't even promise you that tomorrow you're not gonna get hurt again. Right. But it's, it's the reality is this, and I'm so passionate about this because partly because I didn't have anybody to do this for me. The codependency that we live in in our world today of I need you to do everything for me, that really doesn't sit well with me because you will never get to the place that you want to go if you live in that space. Yeah. And I had to decide, like I said, to climb out and take responsibility. And sure, there are some people along the way down the road, but the main work, I had to big no, like, dude, you have to do this. I had to cut friends out, close friends for years. Mm-hmm. I had to stop going to places. I had to stop doing certain things. And this is where we have made it so easy in our world today to just blame shift to things because we all, we didn't get this, so yeah. let's just blame this. And that's why a lot of people are in the state that they're in. Yeah. Matt, I, I mean, one of the things that I, you know, I talked to you about is I love, um, well, I love having you in my life because I love the diversity that you bring to my life. Mm. And one of the things that we know is lacking is the diversity in people's lives. Yeah. Not not with intentionality. It's just right. more the surroundings. Right. And, and I expressed to you, like one of my best friends uh, in, in, uh, in college was a guy named Byron Emery. And I mean, I just connected with the guy. Like we didn't have any similar past. Sure. But we just had a common spirit and we were very close. Yeah. Right. And, and I was, I've been looking for, I've been praying for that opportunity Mm -hmm. to have that more diversity in my life of people that don't have the same type of background that I do, don't have the same type of family structure that I've had. Yep. And it's been a real, it's been a huge blessing for, to have you in my life. Mm, Same, man. I feel like right now, the, the, one of the issues that we have in our society is that we're not looking for those opportunities. Right. Because we look at them oftentimes as threatening. Right. And we've already had this preconceived judgment on people, on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, I I agree. I I think even taking a step further with that, a lot of it is we look for what people can give us. Yeah. And we look how they can serve us. And so we don't always look for an opportunity to get to know them. Yeah. On agenda, like on, on, on... Unmotive, I guess you could say, with no motive. Then let me that's let me say that better. But with no motive to say, hey, I just want to get to know who you are. Yeah. Right. With no motive coming and yeah. just open my heart to you. I mean, that's how we. That's how me and you did it. Like, yeah. we met through um, a mutual uh, friend, yeah. Matthew Whips, and we we met one time, and then I don't know, we just started building a relationship, yeah. and that's just and there was no agenda behind it. Like yeah. you know, the original, I think the original. Meeting was about some ministry stuff. Then after that, it was just like, hey, man, let's get together for coffee. And yeah. so, and that's how the, the good stuff happens. Yeah. Because you never know. And, and again, I think it is, a lot of it is threatening. It's, it's, man, if I do this, they may go further than me. Or, you know what? <clears throat> they may outshine something or whatever it is. And so, yeah, we just don't, it's, it's, a, it's, we stop, we have stopped in a sense valuing people mm-hmm. in our society. Yeah. And we have to look for the value in people because there's value in everybody. Yeah. And if we do that in every relationship that we have, it will be amazing. Um, and it doesn't matter what color you are, whatever, look for the value. Yeah. I can see, a, I can find a value in a 10 year old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just look for the value. Yeah. What, what do you feel like now? Because you're in the high schools right now. Like, what do you see is one of the, you know, the, uh, the biggest challenges that, 
uh, young children are, are facing right now? A, a lot of it is codependency is what I'm yeah. seeing. Um, and, and even bigger, it's their ability to, to do hard things. Yeah. They don't want to do it. The littlest things, man, can like, it's like someone can go up to one of the kids and be like, I don't like your shoes and that'll ruin their week. And it's, and I told some kids this year, I was like, guys, like, I'll be honest with you. Some of the problems you have aren't that deep. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not saying pain's not real, but yeah, it's a lot of, they don't want to do hard things. Like, yeah. it's like they see something hard and they're like, I can't do that. And then um, probably the, one of the bigger ones is the fantasy that they live in, the fantasy world of, of. I'm not successful if I don't feel good every single day. I'm not better emotionally if I don't feel good every day. And, yeah. you know, and then if I don't have someone in my life, relationships have become a problem in the young generation, yeah. a big problem, like like mm-hmm. romantic, yeah. because they're all hurting. So they want someone to be able to bear that, which no one will ever be able to. So those are the few that I see. But the biggest thing is codependency and they just don't, they don't want to do hard things. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, you know, it, it gives me... Some flashbacks of some meetings that I've had mm. with our some teach, you know, teachers that are teaching our, our children. Yeah. One of them, uh, one of the meetings that just just oh my gosh, I still I still look back at this going, I can't believe that myself as a father, I'm having to have this conversation mm. with them. Is that even the teachers are making them codependent? Even the teachers yeah. are not allowing them to go through hard challenges and hard yeah. situations. Yep. One example was the fact that you know one of our children. Uh, was uh, you know struggling in a class, and that teacher kept on giving them the test over and the test over and the test yeah. over. And I'm like, why are we allowing them to take the test over and over again? Like, it's a pass or fail. Yeah. It's one time. If that if my child does not do well on it, they don't get a chance to do it again. Mm-hmm. They will learn the next time yeah. that they have to study. Yep. But no, it's this, well, just keep continue to just keep, keep taking this test over and over again until they eventually... Yeah pass with the assistance of that teacher. You right. know? And I'm like, that's not, we're not teaching them to be strong. Yep. We're not teaching them to make good decisions, yep. be independent, right. do hard things, yep. things they don't like to do. <laughs> right. right. I mean, it's like we are giving them too big of a boundary yeah. that really at the end of the day, they have no boundaries. And I mean, you see this all the time too on, on uh, social networks where children are are standing up to their teachers in the most horrific way yeah. with absolutely no respect. Mm-mm. And the the teacher has no authority mm-hmm. because they don't get any support from right. their staff. They don't get any support from their leaders. Yeah. And we have a culture that is now saying that the, the kids are uh, the adults in a sense. Yeah. It, it's, it's the old adage of, if you heard it, the inmates are running the asylum. It is. Cr- yes. You know Good point. Mean? And, and it is, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start speaking out actually about some of this stuff. Um, I'm going to say it for the first time on air, the public education system, the way it's is now it's, it, it's not sustainable for this young generation. No, I'll get to that at a different time <laughs> because I got a lot on that. Um, mixed with that and trying to make everything comfortable for them, yeah. it, it has become an utter chaotic, a chaotic mess. And, and you're right, man. It's, you know, there is a balance, um, to the pass and fail thing, sure. I'm big on learn and grow. Yeah. But sometimes someone that hates hearing no, the best thing you can do for them is tell them no. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, otherwise you're gonna you, again, you're giving 
You're, you're trying to manage their circle of responsibility, which is their circle. It's not yours. And at the end of the day, when you tell someone no, it just, again, you have to learn to hear that. And so I agree with you. It's one of those things where it's like you got to, you have to let them lose. You have to let them fail. You yeah. have to let, if the, you're right, if they didn't pass the test, they probably weren't prepared. Guess what? You better get prepared next time because the thing, what it's actually doing is it's, it's preparing you so uh, immaturely for life. Yeah. Because life, you know as well as you, when you become an adult, those same excuses they made for you as a kid, they don't make them anymore. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these kids, they leave high school and they are a wreck because it's been done for them. And I'm like, no, dude, you have to, you go, go wrestle it out. Yeah. Go fall on your face. You have to let them fall on their face. So yeah, I agree with you. It's a lot of, and, and that's, and that's the hard part. I, I this uh, perfect example. I love the youth. Anybody that I've been in front of that is a youth, they will tell you, I love them. Mm-hmm. Will I call them out? Will I call them up? Yes, I will. But I have a program that I'm running in schools right now. And one of the main parts of that program is an actual journal that you write in. That's a big part of it because you get a question every day and you have to process what is in here and here. Yeah. Right? See it? And there's some great brain science behind actually putting pen and pencil to paper, right? Instead of just typing and staring at a screen. Yeah. Majority of the kids hate that journal and don't want to do it because it seems too hard. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and it's a catch-22. And some of them have went to some of their schools like, well, what's next? He told you the journal is next, but you don't want to do the journal. And so it's like, you don't want to do the hard work. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Yeah. So. <laughs> I like it. Well, I, I think we've already seen it because this is the generation in the schools that is going to be uh, the generation that we're seeing that's in their twenties and they don't know, like they don't know how to handle. No. Yeah. Right. I mean, you are, we're seeing time and time again on social media, these outrageous acts of violence because somebody didn't get their way. Right. They don't know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to have a conversation when somebody disagrees with them. Yeah. They just want to rage and they want their way because their way is the right way, even though it's based simply on emotions right. and not facts or yep. morals, right? Yeah. And and that's the challenge that we're, we're being faced as a culture is that we don't know how to communicate with each other anymore. Right. And we talked about diversity. And you know, one of the things that I feel like we're missing out on is this ability to disagree mm-hmm. and be passionate about that, mm-hmm. but still have respect for each other. Yep. And knowing that I know you now a little bit better. I know your story. There's yep. a reason why you believe what you believe. Yep. You know me now, but we can still be civil and we can still get along Absolutely. because there's way more that we agree upon yep. than we, that we don't. Yep. And right now we have a, such a divide in our country where if you disagree with me on one thing, Yep. One thing, then I hate you. Yeah. I don't like you. You're a bigot. You're a racist. You're a fascist. Yeah. You're whatever it is. I mean, like they, they, these extreme words. Oh, yeah. And it's it's getting to the point where there's got to be a correction. Oh, absolutely. There has to be a correction. How do we do that? How do we correct that? Yeah, that, that's a good question. That's the work, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the problem. And I hate saying it like this because I don't I don't ever want to look at something as a problem to solve. I want to look at it more like a, being a light in a dark place, but but still, nonetheless, that's the problem that needs to be solved. Yeah. How do you correct that? Yeah. And honestly, here's what I think is a good start. You have to hold people 
to the standard that they that they should live by, right? Not everyone's going to know what they should live by, right? But if you know healthy, it, is, it comes back to healthy living, right? Getting to the root problems of things inside of you. If you know healthy, holding people to that standard, we're not going to sit in your poopy diaper with you, <laughs> right? And, and, and it's literally calling them up. But, that, but that's literally the question. How do we get there? It is going to take a bunch of people continuing to step up to say, hey, gosh, I hear what you're saying there. But what about this? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and it is. It's it's us continually calling people up to that standard. And because if we just continue bending to whatever's new laws being passed and whatever thing, yeah. I mean, we're always going to be in a position where it's going to get further and further away from actually being able to have civil conversations from it. Yeah. Right. Because no one will want to hear it then. Well, right. your opinion's wrong. And, and that's it's crazy that we've gotten to that place that if you put out opinion, people will attack your opinion. Yeah. Like it's wrong. It's like, no, opinion is your opinion. It's not the truth. Even facts aren't truth. Facts can always change. The fact is we're in this room right now. We're not always going to be in this room, though. The truth is we'll leave at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really distinguished from your opinion, facts, and truth. And a lot of the truth, obviously, we know I'm a believer. I, yeah. I, I believe in Jesus. Yeah. You know, and I'll tell people that all the time. But at the end of the day, we have to continue holding to that standard. And, and what standard... I'm going to call believers up. What standard are we going to live to? Yeah. We can say love, but love has a standard. And if we're not going to ever hold the standard, that love message is not actually valid. Yeah. Well, I think that's really good. It's a good point. Um, you know, I, I the, the word that keeps coming to my mind is this idea of compromise because, mm. and, and it's it's gotten such a bad reputation because when people say, oh, I'm going to compromise my ethics, I'm going to compromise my morals. Yep. And if you look in past generations, people compromised always to find the common ground. Right. Right. We have to look at the common ground that we have and what can we be yeah. united on? What can we do to yes. make sure that we move forward with something? You know, I, I just look at great quotes of John F. Kennedy when he was asked, not what your country can do for you, mm-hmm. but what you can do for your country. Right. It's, it's been reversed on this of like, uh, we're, we've created a generation of people that are asking the country, what can you do for, for me? me? Right. Yep. And so we have to invert that. So it's the other way around. Right. We have to look at those areas that where we, where can we compromise so we can find common ground, yeah. but we also have to have humility in it. Right. We have to have self-sacrifice in it. Right. And we have to have leaders that are willing to stand in the line and, and be able to be great leaders, not dividers. Yes. Right. And, and, and I just see that time and time again, is that the most polarizing figures that we have are dividers. They're not uniters. No, not at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And so somehow we have to have great young men and women yeah. rise up to those so that they can help us come together right. with all of the things that we have in common and so we can work on the division that we have in yeah. between us, right? It's it's always it's always coming around a topic we all unite on, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the common ground. Like where do we all agree on? You know, and, and another problem with that is is honestly, it, and it drives me nuts if I'm going to be real. S- social media has allowed people to have a platform yeah. that God never intended to for them to have. So many unhealthy people, yeah, like so many unhealthy people will get a million followers on TikTok and all this stuff and they'll be the voices yeah. because of the flashy culture we live in yeah. 
this young generation especially thinks that if you have a lot of followers, you are somebody. Yeah, you're an influencer somehow. And you're an influencer. And that's the problem too. We have so many – I mean I know so many people that social media has given them a platform. It's like, dude, it's like the same thing. Like you're not going to let anybody just walk in here and say, hey, I'm going to run Cobalt now. Yeah. Like you're not – what? Like no. Like, <laughs> But social media can do that. Yeah. And will allow anyone off the streets to say, hey, I'm a leader of this now. There's no fact check there. Right. Yeah. And and that's a lot right. of the problem. And so those voices are the loudest to a lot of these kids, especially like, I mean, I look at like my journey. I don't have a ton of followers on Instagram, Facebook, but I could, and I know speakers that have 50,000, 100,000, but I could tell you this, they all slowed down during COVID. I didn't. Yeah. I was out every single month from 2015 on. I have never really slowed down. And so it's like, I asked the kids, where would you rather have? Would you have someone that has a million followers and never out there? Or someone that doesn't have many, right? And still impacting the way, you know. And but it's crazy. If you are not a lot of fo- if you don't have a lot of followers, they don't look at you. And though that's the problem too. There's so many voices of people that have a lot of followers, but they're not healthy people. We have yeah. literally mainstreamed victimhood. We have mainstreamed it. And we have put it to the point where it's actually like badge of honor. Look at me. Look what happened to me. And I'm not saying pain isn't real, y'all. But man, that will get your head chopped off quicker than anything else because playing the victim just won't work. But yeah, yeah, so yeah, it, it's you know obviously it's something you're passionate about. It's something I'm passionate about. Yeah. You you live that passion out by helping the youth, which literally yeah. is changing a generation. You know, my heart is, of course, with man made is yeah. impacting men, yeah. in the, which impacts the family, which impacts the community. So good. Which of course, obviously, can help from there. But um, you know, I just I, I just gotta. First of all, we've got about thirty minutes now, so we we're gonna we, we have to we awesome. have to shut this down a little bit here. Um, I'm just <laughs> so you. grateful for what you do, and Thanks, man, and, you too. and we need more we need more people like you that have the passion, mm. that have the ability to reach into the heart of our youth, or just reach into the heart of our communities, right? And and be willing to have an honest conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not the superficial stuff or not the stuff that may, you know, like, oh, I just want to, I want you to hear what you want to hear. Right. No, I want to tell you the truth. Yes. I want to tell you the truth here. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to tell you public opinion. I'm not going to tell you the most popular opinion either. Right. But I'm willing to tell you the truth because I love you enough. And I Mm. know that this is what's going to help you live the best to your capabilities. Absolutely. And I would, and that's the thing. I'd rather have someone mad at me for me telling them the truth than, them really not like me down the road for them me not telling them the yeah. truth, right? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll take it for a little bit of time, but I know later on when you come around to it, you're gonna be like, oh, that's actually a good thing that he said that. Yeah. But when people aren't willing to tell you the actual truth, those are the people you gotta run from. Yeah. Because they don't have your best interests at heart. No, they have an agenda. They have an They're agenda. gonna tell you their truth. Their truth of what that agenda looks like right. because they have they don't have your best intentions mm-hmm. they want followers. Yes. And, you know what I just kind of kind of go off of what you were saying here is that we are like it's great to have people that follow us on and but what sure. we're looking for honestly we're looking for leaders. Yeah. You know, we're looking for leaders, we're looking to build leaders. No, yep. I don't want followers, man. No. Uh-uh. But no. but influencers want followers yeah. so they can own them. So that they can uh, that they can put their agenda in them, yeah, right. And so yeah. that's the difference between leaders and influencers, I believe. Easily, I mean, easily, yeah. I mean, inf- I mean, here's the thing: 
when it becomes about just you, it won't last. Yeah. Those moments, like, you know, are you are you looking to create moments or are you looking to create a movement? Yeah. Right? There you go. Movements are bigger than you. Yeah. That's where the leaders come in at. They yeah. have ice for others. Yeah. But when you want to just lead mo- like moments, well, yeah, that's not sustainable. Like you're going to continue. And again, it's you're for the moment, you know, and you're right. And we, and we need more, we need more bold leaders in our world today from the youngest to the oldest. Like yeah. people are so scared to step up and say, I'm at the front of the line, come behind me. Right. Well, at the end of the day, we have a world that looks like we're following the one thing. Be a one that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Stand at the front of the line for for truth. Yeah. Stand at the front of the line for what's right. What you you know, and uh, at the end of the day, man. But it's yeah, it's crazy how we've gotten to this place. Well, and I think that you're seeing this more and more. You know, there was there was this huge movement for the cancel culture. Yeah. And I got to tell you, man, I think that thing got that thing's getting nipped in the butt because too. there's so many people that are tired of it. Yes. And there's so many people that stand for what people are standing against right now. And yes. you're just like. Bro, like, you know, if, if if you have the strength to do it, right, right, if you have the strength to stand for your convictions and stand for your purpose and stand yep. for that truth, then you're going to find so, you're going to find your people. You're going to find those people that Easily. support you and you're going to, you you will have support and backing in that. So yep. I, I just want to encourage people to, to know that. that you just see that time and time again. And I mean, I'm tired of the cancel culture and <sighs> I think our country is too. And you're starting to see that, yep. uh, that die and the, the comeback's coming, man. I love it, dude. I, I agree. So I believe that's where we're headed yeah. to. All right, guys. Hey, listen, awesome. uh, man, we, we could be going for another hour here easily, we but can. we're not a Joe Rogan podcast, so we'll keep this <laughs> at about a half an hour. But uh, Bobby, man, I, I'm so grateful to have you in my life. Thanks for being on this Same thing. This, brother. We'll, we'll be doing this more, man. Like, yeah. We got to follow up with this and we'll have more conversations about life and what's going on in the country, what's going on in the community, what's going on in our schools. Uh, what's going on in the family? And, Let's do it, man. Uh, man, we'll we'll get in some good deep ones here. So. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, anytime, man, I'll be back. So awesome. Appreciate who you are too, man, and uh, it's been a blessing. Thanks, so. man. All right, you guys. Hey, you know the price of admission for this podcast? Yeah, it's all it is. All it is is just share it. Uh, Bobby and I cover some really good stuff here. So I know there's somebody in your life, in your world, that would definitely benefit from hearing this. So pass it along. Love you. <laughs>